right. Very nice. I like a nice robust countdown. Mm-hmm. Was, that was good. That was really good. You're redeeming yourself one countdown at a time. It's been a while, yeah. So I just I've been practicing. I've been working on my craft. I would I went down to the miners. I was counting just from two down yeah. for a while. You got a metronome from work. Approach. And, yeah. 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 That's good. Oh, speaking of instruments, well, and instrument adjacent things like a metronome. If I get froggy on this episode, the one souvenir I well, I bought a couple of souvenirs, but one of the souvenirs I bought myself from Maui was a frog guiro. What's a, a what? It's a guiro, which is like a rasp instrument. It's a percussion oh, instrument. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And it looks like a little frog, and you run the stick across the ridges on the back of the frog. Gotcha. Oh, it's a ribbit. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so if I get really froggy, I'm just going to go guiro. Like, go full guiro. All right. Okay. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, a sometimes twice weekly podcast that is sometimes about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live. Every other Friday, we bring you a clip show from the days of TBTL past, a dissection of your Amazon purchases, or just a meandering discussion between whichever hosts can stay awake long enough to record at night. But this is a Monday recap edition of the program where we discuss the content from the previous week of TBTL. Uh, my name is Meredith, the MVH Van Harn, in the Hodges Sabaro Studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan, and joining me from the Garden View Studios in the historic Allentown neighborhood of Buffalo, New York, it's Bobby Pape. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Meredith. He's also a little froggy. Just just a little bit. Here, hold on. Let me... Just a little bit. <laughs> Good. And from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan, Lundholm. Hi, Anne. Hi, Meredith. How are you feeling? Um, as well as somebody who barfed twice yesterday can feel. Okay. So There's so much sickness going on in the LRB <laughs> land today. Yeah. <sighs> uh, Meredith, actually, I'm wondering, you'll get into it, but I'm trying to figure out if I got sick because I made you hug me. <laughs> You didn't want to because you wanted to stay quarantined, but I insisted. And and I don't even have what you had. No, you have a totally different just, sickness. I don't know how I don't know if we can draw a parallel between those two events. I feel like I was just tempting fate. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a full Bobby Pape hug. It was a it was a quick tap. Right. I didn't realign your spine. Right. Right. <laughs> I was kind of sad about that, but I also d- didn't want to get you sick with what I had. Right. Uh, but we'll get into that. Uh, I've got a little recap of, of my last couple of weeks uh, coming up. Um, but for now, um, we're going to take care of our LRB business. We're going to cover our week in review, do some housekeeping, and let you know how you can get involved with the show. And Anne, uh, in order to save Bobby's poor voice, could you give us the business? I certainly can. I'll give you the business. Uh, <laughs> so on Friday's mailbag show, we really had such a good time discussing the emails that we never got to our uh, potential topic for the night. And when we were starting, Bobby, you said, should we do emails or should we do the topic first? And I said, emails. And uh, that's because I feel like, unlike TBTL, the emails are the most important thing and we should always make sure that we talk about them. So I'm glad that we got that in. Yeah, it was a true up 
upriver show. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the best thing that came out of Friday's mailbag show was our plea for additional faxes because <laughs> I don't know. Bobby wants internet mail. Um, and we got a couple of faxes over the last few days. Now, the first one was from Hillary. Uh, so I don't know if that counts. <laughs> and it did say, I believe this is dumb. <laughs> is that what you wrote yes. on there? So, I mean, I don't know how we feel about that. But then we got a gem from Elizabeth in Chicago who wrote us a very nice note. Uh, she was holding down the fort at her law firm on the Friday before Labor Day. And so she thought, oh, what the hell? I'll send these goofballs a fax. So that really, really tickled all of us. We um, had a good laugh over that. So thank you very much, Elizabeth. We appreciate that. And if anybody else would like to send a fax to Bobby, which you will share with all of us, the number is 617-354-8513. Go wild. The only thing we get at the University of Minnesota is those marketing ones for like vacations or mm -hmm. I don't know, yeah. weird products Time and shares. stuff. Yep. Roofing and classic cars. <laughs> I get roofing and classic cars. <laughs> I, I should I should state for the record that I tried to send Bobby a fax once. <laughs> And I send faxes so infrequently that I sent it upside down and it was just a blank piece of paper. <laughs> and then I swear I flipped it around and it came through again as a blank piece of paper. And I was like, I give up. I, I, this doesn't make any sense. I know. That's that's really frustrating. Like um, my printer at home is single sided, you know, so if I want to print something double sided, I have to take the paper and like flip it over and put it back mm -hmm. in. And every time I'm like, OK, wait, is the already printed text on the top or is it in the bottom do i feed it feet first or head first i don't know well i did what the machine said it had little like you know how it'll have a piece of paper and then the corner is flipped up and there's writing on the underside mm -hmm. i take that to me and put it mm -hmm. face down which is what i did and it didn't work so i was just like you know what i'm i'm too young to fax i guess <laughs> every time i have this problem and especially the duplexing issue i just get that missy elliott song work it stuck in my head i put the thing down <laughs> flip it and reverse it <laughs> <laughs> that works. I'm going to rem remember that, Bobby. That was an excellent tip. All right. So more faxes. They're fun. If old technology. So let's move on to Meredith, what you alluded to. Um, you've had some busy times the last couple of weeks and not all of them were pleasant experiences. Yeah, that's true. Um, I had this week long trip planned to like kind of the middle of nowhere southern Ohio like Hawking Hills area there's these beautiful caves and waterfalls and I was really looking forward to like just spending some time in this cabin in the woods and read books and and go on some hikes and see some waterfalls and it's just a it was a gorgeous place that had I thought no business being in Ohio but actually <laughs> as part of this I I need to I feel like I need to um defend Ohio a little bit like uh, it comes up even in the in um, in this week of TBTL, where Ohio is often used as like a punchline or a, a stand-in for like middle of nowhere, whatever place. But it, I found it delightful. It was beautiful. Um, the The downside is that I got to this cabin on Sunday midday, and then uh, I started to feel kind of sick on Monday morning. And I pushed through it, and it was okay. And then Tuesday morning, I woke up and. Uh, 
things were not fine. Things were really not Ooh. fine gastrointestinally. So, um, there, you know, there was a lot of, um, time with spent with my head in the sink, unfortunately, <laughs> this Airbnb and it was a gorgeous place. It was so nice. Um, but, uh, it was a pretty miserable time being, you know, kind of stranded in the woods without my medicine cabinet and, and very, very sick. So I eventually got to the point where I could kind of, I, I was having dry toast for every meal <laughs> and managed to keep it mostly at bay, um, and was able to kind of, you know, do some relaxing and, and, you know, a little bit of hiking and stuff, but it was very brief and I was weak. So it was kind of like a terrible way to start a vacation. And this illness actually lasted about two weeks. I'm just now starting to feel a bit better. I never can decide how I feel about this kind of thing. Is it like, uh, uh, oh shit, I'm sick in the middle of my vacation or is it, well, at least it's in my vacation. So it's not like I have to do stuff. Yeah. I mean, it would be fine. I guess I'd rather be sick at home, though. Like, I had an, I have plenty of time off of work. I guess that would have changed things if I was short on time. But I would have just taken the time off of work and, and been sick at home. Um, but, if, you know, I, I was trying to look on the bright side. I was like, well, you know, getting a lot of reading done. It's beautiful here. <laughs> at least I have nice things to look at between throwing up. <laughs> I like the idea of an Airbnb review entirely based on the quality of the sink, though. <laughs> Um, they need a better garbage disposal. I'll just say that. Oh. oh. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we're glad to have you back and <laughs> feeling better. <laughs> Let's Thanks. leave it at that. Uh, moving on to the next illness. What's going on with you, Bobby? Well, thankfully, mine is all just from the shoulders up. And like I said... Before we got started, I, I think this was just me tempting fate from hugging Hillary. Uh, Hillary, um, apparently my brain is melting too. Hugging Meredith. So Sam and I flew back from Maui through Detroit and we had lunch with Meredith before retrieving our car from the Hodges Subaru Studios lot. And uh, I don't know, it's me. I can't not hug people <laughs> even when they're sick. <laughs> but uh, no, this is all just upper. I mean, I think it's, it's because... Uh, I, I was whining in the chat to you guys. We recorded the Friday show Wednesday night. And then on Thursday, I just had a marathon day. I had a really late night Wednesday. I couldn't sleep. And then I flew to Boston on the first flight out in the morning, worked all day, saw an old friend, was out in public, tourists everywhere. The students are coming back. Mm -hmm. This is like the worst weekend of the year to be in Boston. So I fled Thursday night. So I was not even in Boston a whole, you know, I wasn't there overnight. I flew in early in the morning and out on the last flight out back to Buffalo I don't normally put that much strain on myself in one day, but... And and you've also, you've been spending an awful lot of time in those metal tubes of farts, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, five to six hour flights, two of them out to Maui and then back and hotel rooms and long hours and time changes and weird meals. And yeah, I mean, I, I was I was asking for this. It's not. It, it would have been amazing if I had done all of that and not gotten mm -hmm. sick. I mean, I've been on like six planes, you know. Yeah. These long, these long flights of recycled air. So uh, just a little congestion, throat soreness. I, I did the regimen this morning. I got up. I've got hot tea. I'm taking the drugs. Nasal spray, which I hate, but I know that it works. Also, there's a lot of warnings on nasal spray not to get addicted to it. Yeah, Do uh -huh. people really? Yeah. Yeah, because it's a steroid. Oh, 
Well, I'm going to take the rest of the bottle then. And, and it's then not that like you start fiending for nose spray. It's just that it doesn't work as well, and you have to keep using more and more and more and more. Ah, it's like love. It won't give you okay. the shakes or anything. <laughs> it's like love. <laughs> Bobby's got a love Jones. He's immune to love? Oh, no. I'll, uh, I'll keep using it. And also yesterday, I mean, I should have been resting yesterday, but our friend Christine is in from Boston, uh, an old best friend of Sam's. And so we tried, Sam ordered a, a sleeper sofa to put in the guest room that was supposed to come Friday, like mere hours before Christine got here. She was going to be the first to use it and it couldn't make it up the stairs Whoops. the guest room. So I, I had to send it back. It's an old house. And then uh, instead we went and bought a tufted needle full-size mattress that was at Lowe's so we could just grab it. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. And, yeah, we're just going to put a guest bed in there instead, which is great. But, uh, you know, so I had to do some manual labor to get that up there. And then we went to Niagara Falls, Canada yesterday because that's what you do when you come to Buffalo is you immediately leave Buffalo to show people around. Uh, we walked over the Rainbow Bridge to Canada and back, which is really fun. If you ever want to come to Buffalo, I'll happily take you to Canada that way. It's nice to leave your car and just go through customs on foot. You have to pay a dollar and quarters to come back into the U.S. There's a toll. What? It's mm -hmm. a turnstile. Mm -hmm. I haven't done that in ages, but we did that when I was a kid and took the, uh, the is it called the Maid of the Mist? Yeah, there's a couple. There's The Maid of the Mist is on the American side, right. and there's one called the Hornblower on the Canadian side. Which sounds course. like me right before I got on the recording today. <laughs> and then there's the Cave of the Winds people. And the fun thing is to stand up high and look down into the falls because the Maid of the Mist people all wear blue ponchos. And the Hornblower people all wear red ponchos. And the Cave of the Winds people all wear yellow ponchos. <laughs> and it, it looks like a board game. Like it looks like Risk or something. <laughs> like they're all coming at one another. Nice. Yeah, so Niagara Falls, Canada. It's like... It's like a rundown amusement park. Mm -hmm. um, I have a question. What if I don't have any quarters? Do I not get to come back to the United States? Do I just have to stay in Canada? Yeah. That's how you become a Canadian citizen. Yep. Oh. It's easier than I thought. <laughs> there are coin changers uh, because it's a dollar, but it won't take a loony. It won't take a $1 Canadian coin. So the Canadians all get baffled that they need quarters when they already have a $1 coin. That does not make sense. And you can you can use Canadian or American coins. So wow. if you want to save thirty cents, use Canadian quarters, I guess. Um, but you everybody gets confused, and there are giant signs that say you need quarters. Like they make it very clear, and yet nobody understands it. So like before we left for Canada, I packed three dollars in quarters because I knew. But watching people fail, <laughs> holding up your line back to your country. <laughs> It's frustrating. A weird moment. This is just for flag nerds, but seeing the American flag at half mast and the Canadian flag at the top of the pole on the bridge at the border because the American one's on the American side and the Canadian one's on the Canadian side. It's weird to see the American flag lower than another flag. And that was for so, John McCain? Yeah. Yeah. I guess the Canadians could have lowered theirs in honor too, but I know. And you're going to need to talk to Justin about that. All right. I'll put it on my list. Thank you. <laughs> well, don't tax your voice if you need to let the lady scientists. I mean, let the lady scientists. The lady scientists will talk, Bobby. I'm not Mike. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, take it easy today. <laughs> Noted. Okay. okay. Um, 
let's move on to my topic, which does not involve sickness. It turns out that I have made a discovery this past week, and that is that I am good at dogs. And I mentioned, I think, a couple of recaps ago that my brother was going to come and stay with me. I think it was in the context of that I was going to have to wear a bra around the house for <laughs> 10 days because you have to wear a bra when you have a house guest. Um, and so my brother Matt was going to come stay with me and he was there just by himself for a week. And then his girlfriend Meredith was going to come and join us. And like the week before he came, he said, oh, and Meredith is bringing Conrad. Is that okay? Conrad is their dog. And I said, well, of course it's okay. I mean, what would you do otherwise? And he's like, well, we would, you know, stay in a hotel or something. And I said, no, don't be silly, Conrad can stay here no problem uh, and I truly meant that but I have never had a dog or a cat or any kind of pet in my house it's not pet ready and I have heard so many stories from you guys and frankly from Luke and Andrew about uh, animals dragging their butts across the carpet and lots of poop talk and hair that I was like Ugh, I'm not totally sure that I'm into this but Anyway, Conrad came. He is a very sweet, chill dog. He's very devoted to his people. And they came on Sunday night, and on Monday we had plans to go to the Minnesota State Fair, which is a very big deal around here. Uh, it's super fun, and there's a lot of people, and there's a lot of things to eat. And Conrad was supposed to go to my parents for the day, but then my mom said, but, oh, Dad has a doctor's appointment, so we won't be around till the afternoon. And then we were in this whole frenzy of what do we do with the dog? Uh, can we get the neighbor to watch him? Well, maybe someone can stay with him in the morning and then drop him off and then meet the rest until I finally said, you know what? Why don't I just stay and hang out with Conrad and you guys can go to the state fair. Meredith's never been. So I just wanted them to be able to have a good experience and not have to worry about the dog. So my brother did not fight very hard over this. He was like, are you sure? Okay. Uh, <laughs> and so I stayed and chilled with the dog all day and he's very sweet and the first two hours he decided to cope with his anxiety by getting up in my business absolutely as much as possible uh, on my lap in my face uh, completely focused on the front door just in case they came back and after a couple of hours he settled down and decided to find a spot on the couch and we went for a walk and I did have to pick up his poop and that was gross <laughs> And we had a really nice time, and he seemed to like me. So it was all, it was all a good, a good deal. And the coda to this little story was: the next day, I was back at work, and they were out all day running errands and doing things. And so when they came back in the late evening, as soon as he came in the door, Conrad came, ran over to me, and jumped up on my lap and said, "I would like to be petted now for about forty-five minutes." So I think <laughs> I am one of his people. Now. I knew it, Anne. I knew it. <laughs> you sent a picture to the chat of him sitting on your lap. Mm -hmm. And I, I said, dogs don't do that to people they don't like. He's not just yeah. doing that because he's lonely and anxious. He's doing it because he loves you. Well, I hope so. So no poop on the carpet, no hair. He's part poodle, I think, so he doesn't shed much at all. 
Uh, although the instant they left, I was like, must vacuum, must clean, must scrub. I don't know. It was just a weird thing that mm -hmm. happened in my brain, even though he didn't make a mess or anything. So my house has now been christened by a pet. So everybody who comes to visit me, please come bring your animals because it turns out I can handle it. When I book, um, so I fly JetBlue to Boston and Buffalo, you know, constantly. And every single time I book my ticket, it has the pop-up to offer to let me jet with my pet for an extra, like, 50 bucks. Oh, right. Oh, no. Cupcake. bring Cupcake to work with me for a couple of days. <laughs> uh, she'll love that. But, you know, maybe I'll have to bring her next time I come out to the Twin Cities. We could just let her sleep on all your furniture for a week because that's all she would do. That's she fine. She doesn't run a terror. She's, she's old and lazy. She just likes to nap. And she she likes to look out the window, right? Yes, because yes, she does. Uh, Conrad figured out how to get up on the back of the couch and look out the window, and I had the shades mostly pulled down, and so he was like stooping under to look under the shade <laughs> at a really weird angle until I just put the shade up for him. And then he could watch the street, and he was very happy. So I think Cupcake could get on in that too. Excellent. Do you think you have a Comrade consented picture that we could use for the show pick? Sure. <laughs> Because it wouldn't be a TBTL adjacent podcast if we didn't use a picture of a pet oh, yeah. whenever possible. No, I got a really cute one of him on the couch looking out the window, in fact. Yeah, it's either that or a picture of an Airbnb garbage disposal. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to veto that idea. I regret saying it. I'm so sorry. Hey, it's life. It was true. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, as to throw your phones, we have got a clean slate on throw your phones after the mailbag show we've got a couple that have come in since then and just one for later in the show so bobby why don't you take us into monday <clears throat> that was for effect you can leave that in okay <laughs> or not monday 2714 grave digger blues uh, this starts with Andrew talking about how he doesn't like the new seasons of Arrested Development. I believe the direct quote was from the Friday show because they f fall under the weight of their own inside jokes. And we laughed and laughed because that's DBTL. <laughs> uh, Andrew is still off of Facebook and he has some hot takes. Uh, at least he says he does. I don't feel like we actually got any, but he was ready to fire off some hot takes. Uh I did enjoy the banter about how he and Genevieve have been joking about getting off of all other sorts of apps and yes. internet things, including Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get off that Google Maps. Yeah, that is a destructive force, isn't it? It actually gets yeah. you to where you want to yeah. go. Yep. I was thinking about this the other day because, you know, we were driving back from Detroit and we have North American data plans, so we just throw on Waze or whatever and drive through southern Ontario, and it's not a problem. But in the olden days, we drove to London, Ontario, just because someone in the car had made the drive before and, like, knew which exit and knew it was, like, the red something highway you wanted to take for the shortcut. You would always see the sign and figure it out or take the wrong exit and add 45 minutes to your trip trying to untangle it. Uh, I'm not getting off Google Maps. That no. shit's great. Yeah. no. Uh, then we get some inane 90s music blather. I didn't even write down the details, so if if you enjoyed it and you're mad at me for not detailing it, uh, throw your phone at me. Then Luke talks about how the monster truck event he was at was in the same arena as the Tampa Bay Lightning hockey team, and there's some conversation about hockey played in cities where it's hot, and uh, 
how that shouldn't be a thing or is a weird thing. And I agree that it's a weird thing, but the Tampa Bay Lightning have been really good a few times during their history. So I, I just don't, I just can't agree with you there. I don't think it's weird to have an indoor ice arena. I mean, since the dawn of refrigeration, I think that stopped being weird. Well, no, I, I get it. There's something, I think it's, um, it's being a hockey fan from a hockey place. And part of this is, listening to Luke and Andrew talk about hockey when they're not hockey fans yeah. and have, have no hockey perspective is weird, but I get it. You know, there's the old school hockey people who are like, Oh, the original six and all of us, new England, mm-hmm. North, you know, New York state can, you know, Canadian teams. It's, it's a weird warm weather sport to think about, but I don't know that the lightning have been good. So they shouldn't, uh, they shouldn't shit on the team. They can shit on the fans all they want. It's Florida. Sure. That's fine. But <laughs> now, now it's fine. <laughs> We love you. We have all. some friends in Florida. We have some good friends in Florida. Alabama, you're on notice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, isn't Bruce in Alabama? I shouldn't oh, say boy. that. Oh, boy. Yep. Shit. Um, somebody get me a state I can make fun of. Mississippi? Do we have anyone in Mississippi? Um, go for it. That'll work. Go for it. Let's start with Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, there's talk of some uh, food from the catering signs for shrimp jammers. Oh, dear. Luke's tweet in the style of. What was it? William Carlos William on the mm-hmm. shrimp jammers. Yeah. No, Luke, just yeah. no. You're not as clever. I mean, you pick the one or out of three poems that every child has to study. Yes. <laughs> it's not that good a reference. I also feel like he spent most of this week just rehashing his own tweets. Like every conversation had, a, oh, I tweeted this and this was my joke about this. It was just uh-huh. recycled joke after recycled joke. And I know he does it all the time, but it kind of got under my skin this week. That's because yeah. he curates his material so much. I mean, yeah, he works it on TBTL. He works it on Twitter. He works it on Livewire. Yeah. Uh, you know, we should just work on other poems because there's the red wheelbarrow from William Carlos Williams that it's very similar to our mm-hmm. name. So much depends upon a red wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater beside the shrimp jammers. <laughs> Done. Very good. Okay, where were we? Uh, Andrew thinks that he's never been blocked on Twitter. I can say with 100% certainty that's wrong because I blocked Andrew on Twitter months ago. <laughs> For what it's, purpose? I also... I all uh, principal. Oh, I see. I also have the LRB account on my phone, so I can just read his tweets from the LRB account. But I was mad at him one day, and I blocked him on Twitter to prove a point, and nobody knew or cared. <laughs> this is something where you would want it to send him a notification, <laughs> right? I wanted to flag him in such a way that he would come to my profile page and see that he had been blocked, and that never happened. Mm. I believe I've since unblocked him, by the way, so we're we're okay, I guess. Uh, Luke talked his way into Gravedigger. They wanted him to drive Soldier Fortune Black Ops, but he uh, made the case that he had been talking about how he was going to drive Gravedigger all day, and Gravedigger was the one that would be the best for CBS Sunday Morning. I always liked Bigfoot, because Bigfoot was the one that had a cartoon. Bigfoot and the muscle machines. That's probably before either of your times. I don't know anything about this. They showed Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines on TV on the English Channel when I lived in Switzerland, so it may have been even older than the mid-80s. It's a great reflection on America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's, a, here's a shot of our culture. There's Bigfoot. 
Uh, I, didn't they mention at some point that one of the problems was the company that puts these shows on doesn't own the license to Bigfoot? Oh, yeah. So, so they just they have to work around not having one of the most famous monster trucks of all time. Makes sense. Yeah. Luke mentions that he was at the, quote, edge of my abilities, which I thought was telling and interesting to hear Luke say that because he's usually so calm, cool, and collected. Mm -hmm. And this was all around the nervousness of his interview, which I watched. I watched the Nick Army's video, and I didn't think it was that bad. I thought the Baba Booey thing was weird, but whatever. (laughs) It's always weird unless you have Stern fans. So, you know, if it made Phyllis happy, then I'm all for it. Right. I I have not watched it because I got nervous because I don't like that secondhand embarrassment. Oh, I don't either. Much. I haven't seen it for that exact reason. Secondhand embarrassment should be part of the mission of this show. <laughs> like it's it's definitely like a good part of the summary of what we do here. Yeah. No, it's not that bad. It's a little awkward, but it's not on him. It's the interviewer is is it's like it's one of those people who hosts. Um, the morning local news talk show that comes on after the news show and half of it is cooking segments and talking about local festivals coming up. Mm -hmm. Like it's one of those people. There's no, she had a, you know, a hit list of questions and wasn't going to listen to his answers and you know, whatever. Also the arena was mostly empty. Nobody cared what he was saying. Nobody was listening to him. We have listened to it closer than anyone who bought a ticket to that monster truck rally ever will. And they're not going to use it on CBS Sunday morning, so whatever. Yeah. He's fine. It was fine. After that, we get some uh, slingshot, uh, or as they kept calling them, wrist rocket follow-up emails. Um, The first reflected on when kids think they're going to (laughs) rumble, and groups of kids take to their sides and start crafting weapons. Is that something that happens? Is this like maybe a little boy thing? I think it is a boy thing. I, I don't know that we crafted like full-on weaponry that we thought we were going to use with one another. But there would definitely be in a group, in any odd-numbered group of friends, especially where you could team up on someone, uh, there would definitely be schisms and shifting you know, alliances and um, everybody hating someone at some point and thinking that there's going to be a fight and that it never happens. It's like Lord of the Flies without the island. Right. Right. It's just humanity. I've got a William Carlos Williams poem somewhere that summarizes this nicely. <laughs> Good. Uh, uh, Luke retells his fabled crossing guard story when he gave up his post to go defend a girl's honor, and he blew his chance at going to whatever amusement park they go to at the end of the year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the second email was from listener Eric. I think this is Eric in Rhode Island. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, this was Slingshot Etiquette Lessons with his father, and if I listen to this correctly, his father gave him a what not to do, pointed it at a bird, or pointed it up into the sky, didn't see a bird in the sky, shot off the slingshot, and then just Randy Johnson to bird with it. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's sad. Yes. And then the second half is that he ran off the father <laughs> and later blamed Eric for it. <laughs> he made him take care of the bird, I think. Yeah. Stuck him All with by it, himself. Just- bolted that's some good parenting yeah yep there's your life lesson (laughs) don't trust your dad (laughs) i mean (laughs) uh then an email about a guy who put half an arrow through his hand uh trying to shoot an arrow out of a slingshot which you know the instant karma of that that's that's darwin working through that slingshot 
And then a quick story about Peter Williams whittling. It's amazing that this man has both lived and become a virtuoso musician. <laughs> Agreed. Whittling and putting a knife through his hand. Yeah, yep. the, the hazards of being Luke's friend. Yeah. Lost feeling in a finger. You know how hard it is to play an instrument like that with, with numbness yeah. in your hands? Like I can barely play the guiro over here with my my frog guy. And, and I, you know, I've got scars all over my hands. Anyway, I'm really getting my $8 out of this. Then at D1, Warwick Tangent, and then they listen to or watch Bitch, I'm a Cow. Why? The, uh, the YouTube sensation. Boy, that summer. was awful. Oh, my God. I mean, we've heard a lot of bad audio played on the fly on this show, but I have to say that takes top top 10 spot for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Have you have you watched the video? No. Why would no. I watch the video? We just talked about secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> I watched the video yesterday because I was curious about it. Um, it is weirdly trying to be sexy, but not. So there's some side boob. And in the background, <laughs> there's like bad green screen effects. And a lot of it is anime boobs, like covered, but awkwardly, you know, sexualized. Uh but my favorite part was that when she's just saying "bitch, I'm a cow," there's a there's a pastoral background of a hill and a in a blue sky and a green hill, and I'm 98 percent sure it is the old Windows uh, background <laughs> image when you first start up a new Windows computer, <laughs> like this overly bright blue sky and green hill. Mm-hmm. So, is there any? I mean, is this an ironic choice? The cow. Because she knows that this is literally the least sexy animal, except for, I don't know, maybe a manatee, which is the sea cow. But so <laughs> she's, this is a spoof that she picked cow, or she actually thinks she's making this cow sexy? Uh, I, I, if I had to guess, I think there's a milk element with the prominent breast placement. Uh, I wouldn't read into it beyond that. I don't know. Okay. Well, definitely not going to watch it now. (laughs) But it's, it's definitely like it's PG 13 at worst. Like there's no exposed it's YouTube. So there's no, so we need, we need to find a 12 year old to explain this to us. Right. Aiden. Aiden. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure he knows more about it than us. Thank God. I mean, not thank God. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if I want to tell him to watch this, but I also want to understand it. Aiden or God? (laughs) Aiden. (laughs) Whichever. (laughs) Whichever. Can we go to Tuesday? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Number 2715, two brogues broguing it up. Uh, Luke starts the show by talking about how he's in a bad mood because he spent the whole day running fruitless errands. And... Once he gets through the catalog of fruitless errands, it turns out it was two errands, one of which was fruitless, then plus a non-confrontation road rage episode. So I don't know if that counts as spending the day running fruitless errands. But anyway, the Bluetooth doohickey in his car stopped working for reasons that I don't understand because I think he doesn't understand it and can't explain it. So he went to find a replacement plug-in Bluetooth radio receiver or something at Best Buy, which he figured would be the best place for that. I would disagree. Uh, It turned out that they 
didn't carry them at Best Buy, so he went to a car place, and they didn't have them there, and he's just annoyed by the whole thing. Luke, Amazon. Amazon. That's where I got mine. Well, also, it's weird that he's wanting to buy a thing for this, because it's just a setting in his car. Somebody just needs to, he just needs to take it to the dealer and have something reset. Right. Uh, But he wants to just buy it. He wants to spend another $40 and get another gadget. Best Buy is never the right answer for anything, Mm -hmm. ever. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I bought one of these for Will, Will the pilot last year after staying at his place because I borrowed his car for a couple of days zipping around in his CRV or no, whatever it was. Anyway, I borrowed his car and he didn't have any way to interface with this old car with his phone. And so as a result, he had been listening to way too much Dory Monson. Oh, no. Right? And I was like, if I could get you anything as a thank you gift, let it be anything to keep you from listening to Cairo in the middle of the day <laughs> in your car. <laughs> and it works great. It was 30 bucks or something, and it's got a couple of USB ports on it to charge your shit. Yeah, this is an easy thing to fix. Mm-hmm. But I think Luke doesn't want to spend the brain power. To, I mean, this, yeah. there's no brain power, but still, he just wanted to solve it by making a purchase. And so he was doing his best. Uh, the second errand, which was fruitful, was going to Barnes & Noble to find a copy of Artie Lang's book. But the problem with this errand was that he couldn't find the memoir section. I don't know. That's one of the best parts of being in a bookstore is hunting around and finding things. But uh, so he was extremely embarrassed that the salesperson hollered to him across the room, what are you looking for? And he had to holler back that he was looking for Artie Lang's book. He felt very ashamed of that. I'm a big proponent of reading what you want to read and don't be ashamed. I mean, unless you're yeah. looking for like a porn title. I guess I wouldn't be bellowing that across the Barnes and Noble, but. Why is he so worried about what everybody thinks about him? I, I mean, know. this is extreme, it seems. Like, who cares what some random dude is reading? I, I, I don't know. We've said it many times on this show, Luke. Nobody is thinking about you. Nobody is watching you. <laughs> Nobody cares. And I bet the people at Barnes & Noble are like, sweet, someone's at the bookstore. Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I worked for Barnes & Noble for about two weeks when I was in college at the proudly serving Starbucks in the uh, Barnes & Noble. And I can tell you that nobody who works there gives a shit about you or anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not like all of these... um, PhDs in English get a job at Barnes and Noble so they can discuss literature all day. <laughs> How dare you be looking for Howard Stern related literature? Oh, yes, it's over here. <laughs> get out. <laughs> so he was in a bad mood because of that, which was only compounded afterwards by a little non event that he had in the car where he was trying to turn, but the woman. Uh, he would have turned in front of was looking at her phone, so he didn't want to go in case she hit the gas and smashed him. And then she looked at him and mouthed, just fucking go, and he got super pissed about it. I bet she saw him out of her peripheral vision and knew he was there worrying about it the whole time. Yep. And didn't care. I mean, she shouldn't be using mm-hmm. her phone in the car, but... No. I don't know. Andrew is triggered. He says by this, and you know we know that Andrew has his his road rage issues and his politeness issues, but they do have sort of a a good I thought discussion about uh learning 
exactly how important or not important this stuff is. You know, kind of having perspective and realizing that it's not that big of a deal and he shouldn't go big dog either of them he said Luke said something really interesting he said if it had been a guy he would have gotten aggressive about it and I was like "Ooh, I don't like that on several Mm -hmm. levels that's that's a weird statement Mm -hmm. but I don't know I feel like we're hearing even more and more about how dangerous it is to um, confront somebody in a car situation wasn't that that yeah. story just where some guy ran down an Uber driver and the Uber driver shot him in self-defense? Whoa. And he died? Yeah, he thought his ex-girlfriend or girlfriend was in the car with the Uber driver and they were having a fight and he was drunk. And it was in Florida because the Uber driver uh, was okay under a stand your ground law. So he won't face any charges. But, uh, you know. We still love you, Florida listeners. We do. We still love you, Florida <laughs> listeners. Stand your ground is somewhat problematic, but yeah. honestly, you don't know what's going to go on. Luke, you got to you gotta rein that one yep. in because that's not good. I don't think I mentioned this. Oh, no, it was Thursday, so I wouldn't have mentioned it on the Friday show. This is just a tangent about ride chairs. I had a lift Thursday night uh, just heading back to the airport. Uh, this woman picked me up. She was very nice, but she had a passenger in her passenger seat, and the passenger was also very nice and this wasn't an uber pool it was or lift whatever they call their pool thing i i uh i'm too snobby to share my ride so i don't do that uh there was somebody in the passenger seat and it almost looked like it could have been a mother and daughter i don't want to guess but based on the ages and they looked a little similar and you know it could be a mother and a daughter and they're chatting away, and they ask me a couple of friendly questions, and then they go back to chit-chatting, and I'm in the back the whole way. It's a bigger car, so I can't really hear what they're talking about. But I messaged uh, our friend Kate, because Kate is sort of our Lyft expert. She's a, a Lyft driver who's been doing it for a while and really, really likes it and knows all the rules and things. And I just said, hey, Kate, is this okay? This seems a little weird, like like her daughter's on a ride-along or something. And Kate blew up her spot and was like, immediately, no, absolutely not. You're not supposed to have a passenger. That person hasn't been background checked. You don't know what that other person's doing there. Like, that person hasn't been through any of the pre-qualifications to be in the lift that the Mm -hmm. driver has. And it was really problematic. And I felt terrible about it, but I ended up reporting her after. I just sent a note to Lyft, and I was like, hey, they were super nice. I don't mean to be a jerk, but, like, there was this random stranger in my car. Yeah, that could be weird. Right. Well, and you never know. Yeah. Like, they're super friendly, but how do I know that person's not a, a ne'er-do-well? Right. Right. <laughs> I don't think she was, but uh, that's that's my lift tangent. I don't have a good power out. Did they get back to you? Have you heard anything from them? They wrote back and just said, hey, thanks for letting us know. We take our rules really seriously. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. Hmm. And, and I was super nice to them, so I hope I still got five stars, but I did write back to them and I said, hey... Um, I don't know how they rated me, but if they rated me negatively for any reason, will that not impact my rating? Yeah. <laughs> because I didn't I didn't rate them and I didn't tip either because I was just like, because I was trying to get to the help screen where I could be like, hey, this happened. So, no, I don't know. Oh, well. Man, it's a brave new world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Things we wouldn't have had to think about 10 years ago. Yeah, I would just hope that a taxi would show up. Right. Ten years ago. <laughs> Wait an hour and a half for a taxi. Yeah. 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 And then it smells like it smells like the garbage disposal in an Airbnb. <laughs> oh. 
Yep. All right. Uh, top story for today. <laughs> Dubious top story was that the pumpkin spice latte is back. Do we feel like this is early, earlier than other years? Are we ready to, for fall? I say, do we care about any of this? It, it doesn't really matter. It's not like it brings a long fall. It's going to happen no. either way. <laughs> it's a non-story story. Yeah, and I, I, I think we have reached uh, peak PSL. Um, it's not, it's not cute to pretend that you hate it, or to vocalize that you hate it. It's just a drink, and uh, I, I, I just, I can't get worked up over what somebody else wants to put in their coffee. Nope. I think the only people that get a pass on this are people like Treasure, who have had a long-standing issue, not just with PSL, but with any of the fall pumpkin spice pimping that she has well and that's become out. a thing and so yes. now that's like all that's on her facebook page is people just posting pumpkin spice oreos and pumpkin spice <laughs> coffee creamer she can't get away from it if she wants yeah. to <laughs> yeah 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 she's got a gripe because it's haunting her life <laughs> yes but yeah drink what you want to drink i don't know they could put it on the menu all year round for all that i care except that they gotta promote that artificial scarcity and get yeah. people desperate to right. have it for three months Ooh, the pumpkin spice McRib. Uh. <laughs> oh, boy. Just, you know, artificial scarcity. We can make this work. Yeah, you, you first, Bobby. That's a double whammy. <laughs> I'm going to stay clear of that until I'm pretty sure my stomach is, is back to being ironclad. Yep. You might not want to even eat it then. <laughs> I regret thinking of it. Yeah. Uh, top story two for the day is marginally better. There is a fake Twitter account for Warren Buffett out there that is tweeting, I don't know, profound sayings, wisdom, not even advice. Like, stay healthy. Yeah, it's pretty and, basic. And people are retweeting it. Um, Luke thinks that this is because people are hungry for sage wisdom in this. <laughs> Crazy, crazy world. I, I don't know. I think sort of easily digestible nuggets, maybe. They're the chicken nuggets of wisdom. Mm -hmm. To continue the McDonald's theme, uh, that gets into talking about the 2000s trend of the viral graduation speeches. Was that started by the sunscreen one? I don't know. I don't no, remember. No. There were grad speeches going around all over the place. Um and then the truly horrifying thing is that they both confess that they really used to like to listen to spoken word over music selections. Yeah, what? I am a very big proponent of listening to what you enjoy and what you want to listen to. But this is kind of weird, <laughs> especially the Andrew plays on the fly, as usual. This William S. Burroughs spoken word piece set over a Kurt. Cobain music and it was dreadful <laughs> it was really bad the only thing I think I can give on this is the um, William Shatner spoken word album that he made with Ben Folds <laughs> I can definitely listen to that over and over and over I love that yeah. album that, I was in I was a college DJ right shortly after that came out and that that was I could just put that on oh, and yeah. do my homework. Yeah. That was great. All right. So you guys are weird too. 
<laughs> feeling a little lonely on this one. But, <laughs> but that was camp, right? That Shatner thing. Well, yeah, that that's wasn't in, a serious album. No, it was not. It was ridiculous. Right. It was entertaining. And I'm totally with you, Anne. I think that, that, that I just have this one exception. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's your young, pretentious phase is when you get into those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. They actually do a couple of emails here. One from Marissa on the subject of Twitter blocking, because we cannot go a day without talking about Twitter on this show. Um, something called soft blocking, where you block and unblock a person, which, Bobby, you apparently know a lot about, having done it to Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get someone out of your timeline without them being able to find out that they're out of your timeline unless they do it in the 30 seconds in which you have them blocked. I don't know. It all seems like just too much to me. It's a little bit high school. Um, I guess if you have like a relative that you need to nix. Yeah, I think the example he used of like, you know, that that woman not wanting her dad to follow her on Twitter. I understand that. yeah. Yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, then we get a voicemail from the stew bot uh, who introduces really a can of worms, opens a can of worms for the show in that uh, he wants to clarify that there are three types of river show. And they've gotten to the point where they make no explanations of what river show is. So I think it's only a matter of time before new listeners are like, what is that? But um, number one, if the top story sounder is not played before Stu crosses the Mississippi River, that's a river show. A true river is if they never play the top story sounder. And the river of souls is that there is no sounder for either the top stories or the emails. And of course, Luke is going to make this much more complicated as the week goes on and he starts overthinking it. And there's some more stuff at the end of the show, but it's just not worth talking about. So we can stop Tuesday there. <laughs> okay, let's go on to Monday, 2716, Monster Truck Dysmorphia. I thought this was a pretty great show title, um, mm-hmm. given, given the context of the episode. Um, it, it opens up with a very adorable child doing the intro. Um, turns out that kid's name is Maddie. Um, and Andrew kind of ruins it a little bit. He makes it a little bit creepy, uh, but luckily, blissfully, they move on from that quickly. Um, they talk some, I don't remember how we got here, but, um, they discussed get the horror, kind of this pit feeling in your stomach when you get a text or a voicemail that says we need to talk mm-hmm. <laughs> or just call me. Cause you start to think, you obviously start to think the absolute worst, uh, what of thing things that could happen right so like my mom uh for example hates talking on the phone hates it she's always hated it and since the advent of texting I think I've communicated with her more you know than than when I lived in her house um so she's a huge fan of texting if she calls me I'm pretty sure someone has died same Mm -hmm. with my brother um they're just not that overly talky and so some my brother was trying for a while to like to be really casual and friendly and he would just call me to chat and I'd always be like what are you doing (laughs) that's just not the kind of relationship that we have and I was touched that he was trying but it's like don't just call me out of nowhere this is strange Um, and I feel like people aren't really talking on the phone as much anymore I barely ever talk on the phone no Um, but that is a horrifying uh, feeling this just call me and I don't tell you why even more broadly, like if your boss says to you, hey, can you stop into my office for a minute? 
I'm always like, yeah, Mm. what's going on? (laughs) It's not a good feeling. I think your brain just automatically goes, what? No, this is bad. It's true. And like, I've been at my job for almost for nine years now. And my boss, every single time my boss has said that to me, it's kind of struck fear into my heart. And every single time it's nothing bad. You know, it's like, oh, I have a new project for you. It's never been a it's never been bad. I've never gotten in trouble at work. And yet I still think that it's going to be, well, you messed up and you're fired. (laughs) Like, why? Why do I think that? Yeah, one time the our department director said that to me, Anne, can you stop into my office for a minute? And I said, oh, do I need a pencil? And he goes, well, I mean, maybe if you want to throw it at me. And I was like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> it just turned out they were changing the reporting structure. So I was going to have a different boss. And they were actually worried that I would be upset about it. And I was like, no, no, that's fine. I'm not fired. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you're in no danger of getting fired. I'm sure you're excellent right. at your job. So it's just an insane thing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, they move on to talking about uh, connotative versus denotative phrases. Um, and they explained it very, very poorly. I feel like As I was usual. more confused after they explained it. <laughs> so I looked it up and just let me clarify that denotative uh, statements are objective and connotative statements are subjective. That's all there is to it. Oh, that's easy enough. Yeah. Denotative yeah. has like a value judgment. Uh, and connotative or other way around shit denotative is no value judgment connotative is value judgment that's what i'm trying to say um the the main meat of this show was andrew talking to luke about his grave digger video i guess nick army sent it to andrew and andrew watched it and he was impressed he was not underwhelmed um and he did not think that luke's freaking out about it was was justified um, now, as I've mentioned, I haven't seen it because I was too afraid of secondhand embarrassment. But, Bobby, you did, and you also said it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it seemed fine to me. And the driving part was, you know, I don't know, it was fine. He's not a professional monster truck He did driver. what he was supposed to do, right? Like, he wasn't right. supposed to smash up cars or flip it over or anything? Yep. He nailed, you know, he nailed it for what it was. He was fine. Good. I'm sure he's going to still feel awful about it forever, though. Yep. yep. Um, Luke talks about a video that he made with Camaro Kevin JD um, because he feels like he can pick out <laughs> who let the dogs out just from like a single note because he had to listen to it so many times, I guess. <laughs> and this was a, a, a movie, a short film about his dog humping people. Um, yep. Awful all around. That sounds like a movie you make when you're in your early to mid 20s and you sure have does. aspirations to filmmaking. Yes. <laughs> Yep. I I don't think we've heard about this, have we? No. I don't think I so. I would remember this. <laughs> and he also mentions another one called Ten and Two, which is his Dangerous Minds parody uh, with with a variety of, of characters who are doing, what, driver's training? Uh-huh. And he thought it would be so funny to have the credits be ten times longer than the actual short, which uh, is funny in theory, I guess. Probably I not when Mike you're watching is- it. Mike has mentioned that Cullen's movies are the same way. <laughs> On purpose? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I think it's just a phase, you know, yeah. at that point in your development. Yeah. And he said the hardest part was coming up with 100 fake names, and they read that great list of, of uh, American names come up with by uh, Japanese people, including Bobson Dugnut, <laughs> which is pretty great. <laughs> 
Um, they move on to talk about uh, Atlanta, which I have just started watching. I've only gotten through like four episodes or so, but it's great. It is a really, really good show. It's worth the hype. Um, they talk about Paperboy and the real Paperboy song from the 90s. And then they mention the ukulele, the white girl ukulele cover of Paperboy's song, which I haven't gotten to, but I can't wait. Um, there's so many just perfect Donald Glover moments in that show. Uh, they talk more about woke comedians. Um, kind of, uh, I think because Andrew's going back to old comedy bang bangs and noticing kind of what was acceptable 10 years ago that isn't really anymore. And he talks about Chelsea Peretti kind of sitting there nervously laughing while the guys make dick jokes, which is so lowbrow and so not interesting and so not creative. So I'm kind of glad we've moved past that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they talk about kind of Luke wonders what's going to be problematic about, say, Tignataro's act. And I, something about this conversation kind of rubbed me the wrong way because he, he said, well, we don't know what's a problem now because those things don't exist. And I just I feel like the people who are being subjugated, like they know that they're being right. diminished. It's not that those yep. things don't exist. It's that he's a white guy and he doesn't notice because <sighs> it's not like comedy is perfect. Right. It was never OK to sexually harass women or right. make rape jokes or, you know, make racist jokes or any of that we've known that for a long time but it just we're more empowered to call that out at this point and i would think that somebody who is not a lazy sexist racist comic could make an act without that stuff yeah and plenty right. of them are including tignataro well i don't know that oppressed pro-cancer lobby oh yeah <laughs> right. really yeah. taking it in the teeth from tig <laughs> The C. diff plus breast cancer right. <laughs> groups. Yeah. How dare she? I know, that's true. Make light of their condition. Um, he talks about the Dimitri Martin special, which I just saw a few days ago. And it, that moment also struck me, um, mostly because I'm feeling defensive about Ohio. And he calls them a fat couple from Ohio or Cincinnati or something like that. And it was just another incident of like Ohio being the butt of the joke. And I just mm-hmm. don't think that's fair. Um, and But that was not a cool thing to say. Um, Dimitri Martin is a, a a skinny little twerp, and uh, and he's making people the butt of the joke, and that's not great. Um, but the rest of it was totally benign, you know, cartoon humor and and silly little guitar songs. It was About funny par for the that. course. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally what you'd expect from Dimitri Martin. Um, Andrew said that he was being snowflakey like seventeen times during, <laughs> during this discussion, yeah. and I wish he would stop. I wish he would stop doing that. It's not snowflakey to to be thoughtful about things. Nope. I feel like he need like he needs to get ahead of the cur like ahead of the criticism. I think is what he's trying to do. Yeah. Let's also stop embracing that term. Yeah, exactly. He's just yeah. reinforcing it. Um, we get a voicemail from listener James about coin operated car washes. Now this is when I was totally on TBTL vacation, so I don't I don't rem- I wasn't around for this conversation. But he says you can just put in enough coins to get your car soapy and then let it scrub for a long time and then put more coins in to get water that seems pretty simple um yeah <laughs> thank you though because <laughs> the guys and the guys were like of them. what wow <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a hyper local email from listener wayne uh giving luke some recommendations on salons in bellingham so that I mean, was he great just, he just needs to have a, a tiny bit of forethought for it right just wanting to walk in and not have to wait for an hour and a half to get his hair cut is 
not realistic. He just needs to remember to make an appointment and then show up to the appointment on time and he'll be fine. We're talking about Luke here. I know. (laughs) The dream (laughs) persists for me. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, And then last for today, we get an email, a really horrifying email about um, dog spray slash bear spray. Um, This woman was, was riding a bus in North Vancouver and there was kind of a a homeless guy berating some teen on the bus, and when her husband stepped up and accidentally bumped the guy, he got sprayed with bear spray, um, which sounds like a truly awful experience. The people were bringing him milk and water to rinse out his eyes. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's Wednesday. Let's get to Thursday, number 2717, old Frosty Waltz. I would just like to start this day by saying what is the point of getting pho without the noodles as I Luke did then it's just it's broth, I don't know, broth with a little bit of stuff in it but he's the carbs think of the carbs I know I know but the noodles <laughs> are the best part I just uh, why yep. <laughs> is life worth living without the noodles no That's what I want to know uh, so Luke's latest embarrassment is a story from the PRPD in Austin. He was uh, hanging out with Tracy from PRI, who he says has been instrumental in getting them in some new markets, Livewire into new, some new markets. And uh, in the course of their chat, he was going to go get another drink. He said he'd get her a drink, but he got distracted because the Seahawks were on TV in the bar and there were people to talk to and he's a big deal and he forgot to go back with another drink for Tracy and he had one of those experiences where like the next morning he woke up out of a dead sleep and was like (gasps) her wine cooler or whatever it was he was supposed to bring her so he uh, asked this mutual friend Mike Uh, for her email address so that he could email and let her know that he did remember and that he was really sorry. But unfortunately, he referred to her as Tina and not Tracy. And Mike forwarded the email to Tracy and she has been giving him some gentle ribbing that he got her name wrong. And of course, this is just terrible. I mean, I would be mortified. Oh, yeah. I think we'd all be mortified to get somebody's name Mm -hmm. wrong like that. But uh, Luke puts the responsibility for this on Mike because Mike should have gone into the text of Luke's email and changed it to the correct name before forwarding it to Tracy. That is absurd. (laughs) That is not Mike's responsibility. (laughs) No. It would be be like a, 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 a good bro move, but it's absolutely not required and it's not his fault. Yeah, bro fraud. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you show your love That's right. to your bros. And uh, thankfully, Andrew's like, yeah, but it was really your fault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Luke was forced to admit that, yes, he does bear some of the responsibility <laughs> for getting Tracy's name wrong. So They probably use some awful version of Outlook. And so what would have happened is he would have done that. And then if she scrolled back. She would have seen that all the text was some shade of purple or blue or something, and then her name was just black right. because it had been typed yep. over. Her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally would have blown up his spot. Uh, so they get into dad talk for some reason. I don't remember. But uh, Andrew tells this story about when his father told him that 
he knew that his employees called him Frosty behind his back because he said, quote, that frosts my balls, unquote, a lot. And Andrew is flabbergasted by this, number one, because he's not aware that anybody talked about his dad behind his back. And number two, he never heard him use that particular phrase. So um, I don't know what to think about that. It's adorable that he's flabbergasted by it. It's not The employees yeah. are not going to say this stuff to each other in front of the boss's kid. They're just not. Nope. Uh, then uh, Luke counters with the Walter story about how he was supposed to be the accountant for the sign shop. But when he got there, the two guys who were running it basically peaced out, went to surf or whatever, and uh, left the whole mess in Walter's hands. So he had to teach himself how to be a sign maker. And he's been very successful at it over the years. And for the first time, he actually says the name of Walt's business, which is uh, sign works if anybody wants to look it up I think John Takamoto posted it on the Sens page but if you can't find it because it's been buried by hot dog posts um, I think I just googled sign works Seattle and it came right up so uh, it's a basic website because we can't expect Walt to be a web designer as well as a business owner and sign manufacturer but um, in Andrew did point out this section that said like fun projects, a little tab with fun projects. And there's some great pictures in there. And he's right that Walt is very talented. I did not expect all the different types of signs that he makes from, you know, university and businesses and small businesses. And it was cool. Mm -hmm. Way to go, Walter. Also a handsome, handsome man in his early days picture. Yes. Who looks a lot like David. Yes. Yep. 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 Anne's favorite Burbank. <laughs> um, so then they talk about promoting TBTL because Luke went to the Baranoff, I think, and saw his Luke Burbank professional drinker plaque. And it says tbtl.net under there. And he recalls that this was a period of time where he was doing his damnedest to promote TBTL in every way possible because he thought that he had to be on his grind and this was going to be his ticket and he had to get bigger and get bigger guests and all of that and that this is just um something that he doesn't do at all anymore that sort of conversely now they don't promote tbtl enough and i agree that's one of my frustrations they seem averse to publicizing the show in any new and creative ways if you're lucky enough to hear luke on wait wait don't tell me that's and they don't even say that sometimes sometimes they just say he's the host of livewire now Mm -hmm. so how are they supposed to get new listeners at this point uh andrew saw this article in the seattle times about the podcast battle tactics for your sexist workplace that he had the ladies on last week and he was jealous that they got that kind of attention he was like well why doesn't tbtl get that kind of attention and then he realized (laughs) that he works for a media organization that has a whole arm for marketing and publicity and if he made any effort they could have articles written about TV tale as well. So it's entirely achievable if he wants to put any effort in. And Luke says he doesn't care because he's dead inside. (laughs) He just doesn't care about promoting TV TL anymore. As long as they keep their current listener base, I guess. I think he cares desperately, but he's not willing to do the work. I think you're right. right. And Andrew points out that Luke 
gets his itches scratched, although I don't like that phrase, by <laughs> things like Livewire and CBS Sunday Morning. So he is getting the notoriety. And Luke says that thing again about how if he never was on stage ever again, he'd be fine with it at this point. And I think all of us are taking that with a very large grain of salt. Mm-hmm. It's very easy yes. to say when you have a semi-regular gig on a TV show that you would be fine. He's got the show off, Demon. That's never going to leave. Yep. Um, and he says that when his media career is over, maybe he'll just buy a Subway franchise. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, hey, then Andrew can work at it. <laughs> right. Right. Well, don't they point that out? Andrew points out that his ambition would just be to work at a Subway and mm-hmm. Luke's ambition would be to buy a Subway franchise. So that shows the difference in their ambitions. <laughs> yes. And um, then they talk for a while about the bread and how the Subway bread is so divisive. It does. It doesn't taste bad, but I do think the smell is a little strange for me. I don't know. It's like bread times a hundred. Yeah, right. exactly. Concentrated bread. It yeah. just doesn't. It's not bad, but it doesn't seem quite right to me. Right. Uh, they debate whether you would get sick of eating Subway if you worked at a Subway. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think you would. You yep. could be that one person, like the guy who ate Big Macs for lunch and dinner every day who doesn't get sick of it but i think for most of us we would definitely get tired of that well he switches it up with a small perch dinner now and then (laughs) (laughs) uh on to the next story of embarrassment kiki lolo tweeted it was a question somebody else posed about what's the thing you dislike the most about your name i think and her response was that she hates it when people call her Kalo because they are neither as clever nor as funny as they think they are. And then, of course, Luke gets embarrassed by that because he was calling her Kalo for quite a while before they got to know her. And um, he's not embarrassed because she might have been upset. He's embarrassed because he's been revealed to be less clever and funny <laughs> than he thought he was. Oh, I'm not original. Oh, <laughs> What? (laughs) The easiest joke is not also (laughs) completely unique. (laughs) Oh, Luke. Uh, And top story for the day, which really they gloss over, was this Mission Impossible style series of heists to steal Chinese art and artifacts from, it seems like, mostly European museums around the world and how there is some thought that this is the work of the Chinese government because they can't get the foreign governments to give them back their looted artwork which is very problematic (laughs) in this day and age so Mm -hmm. I don't know what more we have to say about that. My favorite part of this story is when they find out that the security system has been changed slightly since they started planning but then these Chinese missionaries have to adjust their plans slightly, and it's very stressful, but it works. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they get the girl. <laughs> Do the thing, get the girl. That's how movies work, and life. Yep. And the Chinese Obviously. government. I mean, they probably get whatever girl they want. That's yep. a good point. Uh, they end this episode with a dad book talk. We did get a throw your phone from Bet on that. And she says, not throwing phones, just kind of chuckling. Episode 2717, Luke and Andrew talking about dad books. 
let's talk about middle-aged dad types. Am I right? That just made me giggle. <laughs> yep. Luke, of course, doesn't want to be the guy that reads Artie Lang's book. He wants to be the guy who reads the new, hip literary sensations, which I would argue he does for Livewire. So Yeah, he made a list of like yep. 10, you know, nice, serious books that he needs to read for Livewire. There's, there's nothing wrong with a little brain candy now and then. Right. Um, speaking of brain candy, Andrew is reading the Jack Reacher series of books by Lee Childs. He is finally caught up to the discussion that the rest of the world had three years ago on criticism of Tom Cruise being cast as Jack Reacher in the movie because um, their physicalities are so completely different. Tom Cruise is a tiny, tiny man. Jack Reacher specifically is a very large man. And Andrew is now upset about this. And then Luke criticizes books that he hasn't read for having large heroes who could beat the crap out of people because he thinks that's not interesting. He thinks it's only interesting if it's guys who look like they couldn't get out of a tough situation, have to work and use their brains. And that's fine, Luke. There's plenty of books like that. But um, I'm, I did I read any Jack Reacher? I may have read one or two. But I think it's more than him just being a large man who smashes everybody. It's fine. It's an airport book. That's what I call those. Mm -hmm. Your Lee Childs, your David Baldacci's, mm -hmm. your John Sanford's, all of those. Those are fun reads. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, Andrew. I haven't seen Tom Cruise in this role at all, but is he wearing like vertical stripes the whole time and <laughs> no platform like, shoes platform shoes <laughs> i watched it on an airplane the only place that i would watch that movie it was not great it was a mediocre action movie and i think really the only thing that it had in common with the books was probably the character name and some vague backstory hmm. and I, otherwise it was just completely generic as most of them are it's it's about plot it's about saving the world and getting the nuclear missile and then getting the girl right mm -hmm. yep and that'll do it for thursday all right we'll do friday 27 18 Slybel and lander attorneys at law uh rudy escaped right before the show uh they were ready to start on time but then realized that rudy was gone sure uh, mm -hmm. luke yeah exactly luke found him and then had to run back to the house because that's the only way rudy will follow him unless you have a leash and why would you have a leash when, you when you're looking for your when escape dog, for your dog i don't know <laughs> that's right. it's crazy i feel confident in saying that luke would have found another way to be late for that recording if not for rudy <laughs> he's a resourceful man uh andrew's googling prisons just you know because, because. it's interesting hmm. Uh, and the guys decide they want topics for Monday. Uh, you'll be hearing this on Monday. So today's uh, TBTL. If you're all on LRB, then you'll be hearing this on Monday. If you're not uh, a super fan, then you'll be hearing this weeks after the fact, and it won't matter. But uh, the guys want topics for Monday show because it's Labor Day, and they are proud of themselves that they're going to be putting out a new show, but they don't want to actually produce anything. So they would right. like ideas for what to talk about on Monday. I mean, so they'll just get on the mics and have a conversation, and that's different from a regular show. How? <laughs> Why are they right. soliciting ideas now? Well, this is a tightly produced show, let me tell you, because the next topic on Friday was how Luke prefers non-fancy French dips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He had a real hot take on that one. 
Oh, those artisan French dips. (laughs) Don't give me your high-quality cuts of meat on a fresh baguette. Gross. Please, please, steakums and a (laughs) sub-roll. You can get it at the gas station. Mm, Those Mm, French dips. mm. I mean, I'm not being an elitist. I love all sorts of garbage food, but, like, that's a really strange take. Uh, From there, we find out that Luke is inflating... I was confused because they kept going back and forth. Was he inflating air mattresses or pool floaties with a foot pump under his desk while he was recording? Pool floaties, right? Pool floaties. Well, because they kept coming back to pool floaties, but he said mattresses. He did a couple say of mattress times. a couple times. He might have met one of those like floaty mattress guys, right? The right? lounge things. Mm-hmm. Either way, he's working a foot pump under the desk right. while he's recording, and he's worried we might be hearing that sound. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's a thought: maybe don't do it. Yeah, if you wait till after you're done recording a show. Well, I'm inflating my bouncy castle that I've got in the backyard right, right now. So <laughs> I guess I can't talk. It's all right. It's Friday. We're almost done. Uh, and then you can go bounce. A couple of tangents that came out of this later on. I'll take this a little out of order. Um, when we get a check-in on how the inflation is going, there's a f- mention of that feeling when you finish pumping all the air into one of those things, and then you have to either stop blowing into it or pull out the attachment but before you've corked it that that moment of panic when you want Mm -hmm. to close it up as quickly Mm -hmm. as possible and this gets compared to that moment when you take your sweater or something off and your t-shirt underneath also comes up momentarily until you push it back down Mm. Mm. i guess so right in that there's a moment of panic on both right Just, just that fleeting moment of putting something back I guess. I don't know. That's why you have to overfill when you're blowing something up just a little bit Mm -hmm. so that you can compensate for the lost And you hold your undershirt when you take your overshirt off. It's not that hard. That's not. How dare you? Okay. (laughs) Make this sound easy. (laughs) Uh, Luke and Carrie are going to watch the Huskies-Auburn game with friends, but Luke is recognizing that he needs to be polite in uh, mixed company. Ooh. Because there are be people in the room mm-hmm. who have not seen him in football mode, and he, he tends to get fired up. Uh, but now, with hindsight, yes, I'm hoping he behaved himself, because uh, Auburn smashed Huskies. <gasps> now, Uh-oh. the Huskies... Spoiler alert, sorry. But the Huskies are technically a better team ranking-wise, but to go play Auburn in the South, I mean, I wouldn't have expected the Huskies to win that game. Oh, that's right. They spent time talking about how this was not a cupcake matchup. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. This is not how my university at Buffalo Bulls, a middling, uh, low-ranking D1 football team, smashed Dell State yesterday. Oh. A team that nobody's ever heard of. Oh, I feel bad for Dell State. No, they got paid, I'm sure. It's fine. Uh there's some sports talk. I didn't take any notes. Um, I love sports talk. I love sports talk radio. I don't love Luke and Andrew sports talk. No. So we'll just skip it. Andrew loves oversized inflatables. Uh, I've seen a lot of the flamingos out recently, and I've been tempted to buy one, but we don't have a pool or anything. We, we have a thing for pink flamingos here. Well, don't let that but, stop uh, you. Right. Just inflate it and leave it in the living room. <laughs> Our neighbors will love us. <laughs> Andrew said this before. He likes miniature things and oversized things. And I, I, I understand the appeal. There's just something about the novelty of things like that, which transitioned nicely into the top story. Larry the Lobster, a.k.a. Big Lobster in Australia, this landmark 
that is not the tourism draw that they were hoping it would be, and there's a lot of infighting in this town around it. Okay. Yeah. Right. There's there's no dazzling detail here. <laughs> it sounds like it's been embattled for a really long time. Right. This lobster is a is a bad omen. They need to throw it into the sea. It sounds like there's always a sucker around to buy it. Yeah. Right. Somebody'll take it. It did remind me of the giant peach in um that Kevin Spacey show we're not allowed to like anymore. House of Cards? Yes. Oh, was it a water tower? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he goes back to his home district and there's a, a yes. sculpture, a water tower, or something that looks like a giant peach, except it looks like a giant ass. Right. It's a peach. <laughs> anyway, um, really, I think the one dazzling detail from this story is not from the story, but it's from Andrew. And this is a direct quote. I have not read the words of the story, but I've looked at the pictures <laughs> as I want to do. <laughs> Just like every internet commenter ever. Yeah. So if that summarizes Andrew's prep, that's it. It does. <sighs> then we get Kiki Lolo. Yeah, I know. I know. Then we get Kiki Lolo on this Kalo situation is addressed. And then we get an update on Song of the Summer. And the final duel is between the Beths and Tessa Violet. That seems like Very the right nice. matchup. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. We cut through the crap with the brackets and we got down to the two songs we cared about from the beginning. Yep. So... I always think every week that I'm going to go vote three or four hundred times and just throw the thing for the hell of it. But then I remember that I have a life. <laughs> I thought Mike was going to make it his mission to swing this to Brandy Carlisle, but apparently there right. was like too it's much too sports to watch on TV or something. It has been a busy week for that. And that's the week. All right. Housekeeping. Check out our merch. You can buy stuff from us at 10710.com slash shop or littleredbandwagon.com. The archive project is still going on. Contact Christy and she'll assign you a week. Um, You can use our Amazon link if you're going to do any shopping, which I know that you are. It's littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. We get a few pennies from every one of your purchases and it gets added to a really funny list that we'll go over (laughs) on a Friday show. And you should also check out our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms. The latest episode is called The Collaboration in Our Stars, and it's all about what a collaboration is and various examples of collaborations. Um, I think, didn't the new one just come out? I think the new one dropped this morning. Ooh. The one with Mike? Is that Mike's? Is that the one with Mike? Uh, no, this is a new one. Promoing. The new one today is called Centennial Kinda Storytime, and it's Mike telling stories about why music means something to him. I listened to the beginning of it today before we recorded. There have been no stories about sleeping bags yet. Uh, yet. <laughs> I feel like this would be a short episode, though, because Mike hates music. Right, right. Uh, so, no, it's kind of a long one, to tell you the truth. <laughs> interesting. Oh, yeah, they even put his name in the credits 42 on minutes. their website. Wow. And in the description, Amy giggles at, quote, circle jerks. Oh, so this is going to be a good one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so so check it out. And if you'd like to get involved with our show, come to littleredbandwagon.com. You can go to throwyourphone.com to submit a comment, good or bad, about things that interest you or frustrated you about TBTL or about this show. Although, why would you ever get frustrated with us? <laughs> 
You can uh, come and hang out on the Facebook page. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast, or you can send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And to repeat, if you want to send us a fax, because <laughs> you're stuck in 1987, <laughs> the number is 617-354-8513. If you can't text us from your Zach Morris phone, this is the perfect way to get in touch. (laughs) And with that, Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is The Next Party. We love you, Jen, especially on weeks like this. Nailed it. (laughs) Good, I was hoping we could get a rivet at the end. Is there a frog in here? (laughs) 